Right next to my son's school, there's a public playground, which he loves to go to after school. Recently, we went there as usual, and as the kids were playing, their parents were doing what most of them do on these occasions, myself sometimes included. They chit-chat with each other and they gaze at their phones. And then happens something that is almost inevitable in those situations. One child suddenly burst into a painful cry when another child pushed him and made him fall. The crying child's mom looked up from her phone and idly called, Honey, it's okay, nothing happened. And let me tell you, if there would ever be a competition of stuff that parents say that makes me queasy, well, it's okay, nothing happened would be on the top five. In today's episode, I'm going to break down exactly why I hate that expression, and I'm going to give you a simple formula of what you can say instead. So, the intro, and we're starting. Welcome to the Apparently Parent Podcast. My name is Iran Katz, and I'm a clinical psychologist, a parenting counselor, and also a father. In this show, we combine the art of parenting with the science of psychology. So, if you want to understand your children and yourself better, lead your family into calmer waters, and reach the end of the day with a smile on your face, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Iran Katz. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 7 of the Apparently Parent podcast. How are you feeling? Is everything okay? Maybe not? Well, as you know, that's our topic for today. What's the problem with telling our kids that nothing happened or everything's okay? Other similar phrases are there's nothing to be afraid of or there's nothing to cry about, etc. So in order to understand why those phrases are problematic, we need to understand something about the attachment system. If you listen to the first episode of this podcast, you know about the parenting map, which is the framework that can help you steer your parenting ship into peaceful waters. If you need a reminder, the parenting map stands for mindfulness, attachment, and purpose. And if you don't remember what I'm talking about, I'm going to put a link in the show notes of this episode. You can listen to the first episode where I break down the parenting map for you. But for now, let's start talking about attachment. Attachment is a theory in psychology. And according to the attachment theory, we are all born with a system which is hardwired into our brains. And it's called the attachment system. And it has one purpose and one purpose only, to protect us. The attachment system is triggered in times of stress, okay? If something uh, frightens us or we feel something stressful around us or inside us, then the attachment system kicks in. And when the attachment system kicks in, it triggers a certain kinds of behavior, attachment behaviors. And when the attachment system kicks in, it triggers uh, attachment behaviors. And those are certain behaviors with one sole purpose, getting an adult to take care of us. So think of a little baby. Okay, the little baby is cold all of a sudden or is hungry or maybe there was some noise that scared the little baby. So what what do babies do? They start to cry and they fuss. Okay, these are attachment behaviors with the sole purpose of getting the mother or the father of that baby to take care of them. Okay, think about young children like three years old, four years old, etc. They cry, they get angry, they call for help. I remember one time when my child... My firstborn was, I think, two years old, and he saw something on the, on, 
on a, on a TV that scared him. Some animation that for some reason was scary for him. And I, I still, a couple of years later, I still remember his face as he ran towards me calling, Daddy, Daddy, and, and, and longed for, for a hug to call him down. And even adults, we, we, we both have uh, the attachment system. You, you have an attachment behaviors of you. I have mine. Okay, adults cry. Adults ask for help. Adults signal their needs verbally and non-verbally, okay, in many different kind of ways. And again, all those um, behaviors are targeted at the attachment figures who are usually the parents, okay? And the parents um, are what John Bowlby, who was the originator of the attachment theory, he called the parents the bigger and the wiser in this relationship. Because it's up to us to be, well, bigger, and by being bigger by age and physically bigger, we can instill a sense of security in our children. And we are also wiser, which means we know more about the world, we can explain the world to, to children, and this also gives them confidence. And as soon as we feel taken care of, tended to, seen, we start to relax. Okay, Just as a baby starts to relax when you take him uh, in your hands and you hold him and you soothe him uh, by, by a hug, by, a, by singing, by feeding him, etc., etc., now, daily, things happen to us all the time, both good things and bad things, both internal things like thoughts, memories, internal sensations, and external things. Something happened in your job, uh, um, an angry text you got from a friend, uh, etc. Now, the external things are easy to see, okay? If a, th- if a kid falls down and scrapes a knee, you can easily see it, okay? If a student gets an F on a test, you can easily see it. If a parent is struggling to make breakfast and get out of the house in time to bring the kids to school and to get to his job, you can see it. It's something external that it's it's something external that is easy to see. However, the internal things are harder to see. Okay, a kid who is falling down may feel sad about what happened. Maybe uh, his friend pushed him and makes him sad that his friend is t- treating him like this. Right? You cannot see it usually. The student uh, that got an F, maybe he fears or she fears that um, her parents are going to react badly to, to this grade. Okay? This is internally, you can't see it. Uh, the parent who is stressed about uh, getting, getting out of the house on time in the morning, okay, maybe you cannot see the, the inner stress that he or she feels uh, as they think about the boss that is already all over their case uh, uh, because of coming late, etc. So... During the day, we always have these ups and downs, and, and sometimes we can see it, not on our kids, not on our spouses, and sometimes we don't even see it in ourselves. But if we pay attention to it, okay, by being mindful, we can actually notice the ebbs and flows of our emotional lives, and we can learn to notice the ebbs and flows of the emotional, emotional lives of those around us, usually our spouses and our kids, at least to some degree. And as humans, we are social creatures. We have this need to be seen, to be known, to need someone to be with us when we suffer, okay? We, we want our emotions to be held by someone else. And that someone is usually, and especially our care, caregivers. So children's caregivers are the parents. That, that's you, okay? For you, children. And if you're in a romantic relationship, the spouse uh, is also kind of a caregiver for you, etc. So if you go back to the situation I described in the beginning of the episode, the child that, were, that fell down because a kid pushed him and his mom told him that nothing's wrong and he should just con- continue playing. 
what what's going on there okay so if we go back for a second to the story that began this episode okay the kid that fell down in the playground and his mom looked up and told him something simple like nothing happened just continue playing okay what's wrong with that why does it make me queasy when i hear that kind of uh, phrases so if we tell someone who is hurting or is in a stress that nothing is wrong or everything is okay it's kind of the equivalent right we are giving him the message that we can't or won't see his distress. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about denial, okay? That mother clearly saw that her child fell down, okay? It's not that she's denying reality. You may have seen that something happened, but those words are sending the message that the pain that he feels is insignificant. It's, it's just like saying, nothing to see here, move along, okay? And if you do this, you're kind of failing in one of parenting's most important jobs, which is validation. If there was ever a licensing exam for parenthood, and I don't think that we should have one, but if there was one, I think validation should be a main topic on that exam. So let's talk about what does validation mean and why do I think it's so important. Validation means confirming one's experience. Okay? It means telling your kids that you see them and you see their feelings. And it means acknowledging what someone else is going through. Again, think of a little baby who starts to cry because of some loud noise around him. Okay? What do you do when it happens? You pick the baby in your hands. You hold the baby. You hug him or her. You soothe. You sing. You explain something like, Oh, honey, that noise really scared you, right? And even though it's a little baby, he doesn't understand your words, but you know in your, in your gut, in your heart, that you should say something like that. It's, it's almost an intuition kind of thing to do. And that's what validation is all about, because A, you acknowledge that something bad happened, okay? And two, you acknowledge there's a negative emotion. You're not trying to dismiss it. You, you, you won't say to a little baby, oh, stop crying, there's nothing to cry about, okay? Or, or nothing happened. You will say something like, you're really scared me right now, that really scared you, but that's okay, that's fine, I'm here with you, okay? So at first we're validating, and then we're moving into soothing and calming the child. And this is something you, we usually do in, in, with little babies. It's natural to us, okay? But we should continue doing it with our little kids and also our older kids. And you know what? Also with teenagers and adults, okay? We just have to adjust our words to the age, to the appropriate age. Now, this is so important to validate emotions because this is how kids learn to identify and name their emotions. Think about a three years old who is angry because, I don't know, because you told him he can't have another candy after dinner, okay? He may be really sad about it, he may be really angry about it, but he probably won't be able to tell you, mom, I'm sad and I'm angry because you're not giving me another candy. He's a three years old. He doesn't know, he doesn't have the language yet to first recognize his own emotions and express them in that kind of adult way, okay? So what will a three years old do? He will throw a tantrum, probably, okay? But by validating the child's emotion and talking to the child about his emotions, naming his emotions, etc. We are teaching the child what he's feeling, how to notice his feeling, how to recognize his feeling and how to name his feelings and, well, how to express his feelings in a more, well, productive kind of way. So this is how children learn 
to recognize their emotions and talk about them. And this is also how they learn that you, the parent, care about them, okay? And that you can and you want to help them handle their emotions. And by saying emotions, I mean all of their emotions, the good emotions and the bad emotions. So again, if we think about the story from the beginning of the episode, the problem with the response of the mother was the lack of validation. Okay, because the mom said to the kid, nothing happened, carry on. Now, maybe that's true. Maybe he didn't really hurt himself physically. Okay, but something did happen. Okay, he fell down. He was pushed by another kid. Okay, so first, maybe he's in pain. Okay, maybe he did hurt himself physically. Or even if he didn't scrape a knee or, I don't know, didn't break skin. Okay, maybe he is in physical pain just because he fell down. But even if he's not in physical pain, maybe he's emotionally hurt by the other child who pushed him down, right? So just imagine that kid in the middle of the playground, crying, looking up and searching for his mom, searching for her eyes, her soothing eyes. And this is a child who is in that moment, he's left alone with his emotions. So let me say it as bluntly as possible. Emotional validation, it's the bread and butter of every relationship. It's so basic and it's so crucial that a healthy relationship cannot sustain itself without it. And this is especially true for the relationship between you and your child. If you tell your child that nothing happened and that everything's okay, you're actually telling them that their distress is irrelevant to you. And by doing so, you may be teaching your child that they should hide their emotions away because you can handle them. Because if no one cares, if no one takes a moment to look at, uh, inside the child and see what's really going on, why put the effort of saying what's wrong? This is why we sometimes get children who will say, well, everything's fine, where clearly everything is not fine. And I'm not only talking about major issues like, I don't know, the child is being bullied at school and children hit him or steal his lunch money. Uh, or something of the sort. This can is this is relevant for everything, okay? For little um, uh, things that happen that hurt the child's emotions. And also, don't get me wrong. I I also fail with this sometimes as well. I still do. Sometimes I can tell my children that it's all good, nothing happened, okay? It's part of our nature, okay? As 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 parents, as humans alike. I do believe that it also helps us to do it because as parents, we, we want to feel that nothing's wrong. We, we want to calm ourselves down uh, and feel that everything's okay, okay? We see the, the child falling down and, and we get scared, we get worried. So we, we instantly want to calm ourselves down. It's only natural, okay? So don't worry if you do say something like that to your kids. The trick is to notice it after the fact and then do some, something about it because a validation that comes late is much better than no validation at all. I'll say it again because it's really important. A validation that comes late is much better than no validation at all. So if you do say something like nothing happened and then you catch yourself and you're a little bit angry with yourself, first remember, try not to be uh, too judgmental with yourself, okay? You're only human and you're prone to make mistakes. And the most important thing for maintaining a secure attachment with your children is not not to do mistakes, it's to correct the mistakes after the fact. If you uh, remember the second episode of this uh, podcast, and I will link to it in the show notes of this episode, you can listen to that episode where I talk about how important it is not to try to be perfect parents, but to be good enough parents. And being good enough parents means that we make mistakes, but we also correct the mistakes. So what do you do if you catch yourself uh, with this quote-unquote mistake? You can 
uh, go to your child uh, after the fact and tell him something like, I'm sorry that I, I didn't ask you uh, what's wrong earlier, that I immediately said that nothing is wrong, but then I realized maybe something was wrong, maybe something uh, was wrong uh, inside of you, maybe you felt alone or uh, angry or sad and I want you to know that I, I want to notice that and you can always tell me uh, what, what's going on with you, even if you're angry with me. Okay, I want to know, I want to uh, be a better parent for you, this is how I, I can do it if you share it with me. Now, I wish I could offer you one universal response that will, will always be optimal for every situation, but alas, I can't, okay? What I can offer you is a simple map, something that you can memorize and pull out when you suddenly find yourself in front of a distressed child, and that is the teacup formula, okay? Again, a teacup formula. And I call it the teacup formula only because uh, you can you can use the acronym T T E A uh, to remember it by. Okay, and T E A breaks down to tell, explore, and acknowledge. Okay, so if you find yourself in a situation when you see when your child fell down, okay, again as as the beginning of this episode, um, that mother saw her child falling down. Uh, and maybe she saw that another kid pushed him down, etc. If she would want to uh, respond according to the T formula, so first things first, uh, get up and go to your child. Okay, if uh, if you're not near your child, uh, go to the child. They need the proximity. When in times of stress, the attachment system seeks proximity to the caregiver. Okay, go to the child physically, get on your knees to his level if you need to, and and then follow the teacup formula. Now. If you're not near your child, if, if you, have, you are having this conversation uh, over the phone, for example, you are at work and maybe you have an older child who got back from school and is calling you and is distressed about something that happened, okay, take the moment to um, put yourself away from your work for a second and use the teacup uh, in order to, to talk with your child about what's going on, okay? So, yeah, there is no physical proximity, but there is emotional proximity in that way. So, tell explore and acknowledge. Let's break them down. So the first part is tell, okay? You should tell the child what happened. Describe the situation in a factual way, okay? In other words, just tell your child what happened. This is a way to show the child that you saw something real that was happening. And it may sound stupid because the child knows what happened. Sometimes the child is telling you what happened. But this is a, a way of reflecting to the child that you know exactly what happened, that you noticed everything that happened. And it's also opening an opportunity to make corrections. So, uh, for example, uh, if I go back to the mother with the child in the playground, okay, uh, how she would tell the child what happened, she could go up to him and, and kneel in front of him and maybe put a hand on him because physical touch is uh, kind of relaxing. And then she can say something like, what's wrong? I see that you're falling down. Or maybe, what's wrong, honey? I see that you're falling down. And I see, I see that Dan, maybe that's the name of the other kid, he pushed you. Okay, just... Stating what happened in a factual way. Now we're moving on to explore. And in explore, we are assuming the role of the responsible adult and we're showing the child that we care about what he or she feels and we are telling them that he or she can trust us with, uh, our, with their emotions. So instead of dismissing and saying something like, nothing really happened, okay, show curiosity and explore what happened. For example, say something like, like let me have a look at you, okay? Is something painful? Are you hurt? Okay. This, uh, this is on, in the physical sense, okay? Then we can move on to the emotional sense. Are you, what are you feeling right now, 
Okay, this is a great question to ask, even if we don't expect our children to know how to answer it, because this is opening an opportunity to explore what's going on inside. For, especially for little children, okay, maybe... When I'm saying little children, I'm usually talking about children under six or seven years old, okay, in, in, in that matter. For them, we should and we could offer uh, options, okay? Like, like we're opening a menu with options. So are you, uh, are you sad that you fell down? Are you angry that you fell down? And are you angry with, with the other kid? Are you angry at all? Are you, are you afraid? Okay, just think about, about the appropriate kind of emotions in those situations. Okay, so think about what are the possible emotions and offer them to your child. And the last part of the T formula, again, we have T-E-A, so it's tell, explore, and now we're getting to acknowledge. Remember the importance of validation? By acknowledging your child's emotion, you're validating them. So you can say something like, well, that kid pushed you and you fell over. Maybe that frightened you, or maybe you just got hurt that he did that to you. Okay, so this is acknowledging the emotions. It's easy to break them uh, apart just to remember them by the T E N A, but you see how it's all tied up together in a sentence. That kid pushed you is tell, and you fell over. It's again, it's telling. Maybe that frightened you. Okay, so that's exploring and also acknowledging at the same time. Maybe you got hurt. Maybe you were scared. Maybe whatever. Okay, and you can uh, add something like it's okay if you are. I would be scared if I was in that situation. For example. Okay not appropriate to this uh, falling down maybe uh, example but for other examples okay i would be angry etc etc so these are all tied up together but um, you know putting it neatly in like an acronym like tea t the teacup formula makes it easier to remember now after you go through the three parts of the t formula and if your child is really well physically, then you can let him know that nothing dangerous or worrying had happened and he can continue his play. So after you go through this, then you can say something like, well, nothing really bad really happened to you. You're okay. You're not hurt. Okay. So if you want to continue playing, just do it or whatever. Okay. But it's a whole lot different than saying nothing happened or everything's okay upfront. So this is it, okay? Just for uh, quickly recapping this uh, episode, we talk about the problem of telling our kids that nothing happened when something clearly bad happened. And it's not only really huge and really, really bad things. It can also be simple things, uh, small things that happened to them and maybe created some emotional disturbance some with negative emotions like fear and anxiety, um, anger, sadness etc and usually we parents we we don't want disruptions we want to sail as smoothly as possible right so by saying something like nothing really happened it's okay we're kind of calming ourselves down but we're missing something really important we're missing what our child really feels or may feel and by doing so we kind of sending the message that we can handle those emotions and we don't want to handle those emotions. So the child is kind of left alone with those emotions. And as we were talking about attachment, this is really bad for attachment. This kinds of breaks, breaks the security that the child needs. So instead of saying something like nothing really happened, you should try and use something like the T formula, which I offered you, which means we tell the child what happened, we explore the emotions of what, what's going on inside the child at that moment, and we acknowledge every emotion that the child may have. And, and by doing so, we are validating the child's emotions, we are validating the child's needs of security, and then we can move on. 
then we can soothe and calm and, and put things into proportions and move on. And by doing so, we teach the child how to recognize his or her emotions, how to uh, name their emotions and how to express their emotions. And then as adults, they could do it as well. Okay, think about your child as an adult, I don't know, 30 years old, uh, adult, uh, in a meaningful romantic relationship, being able to be vulnerable and express their emotions to their spouse and how different it would be than a person in that age who is not able to express their, their emotions because they are used to people not really caring about them or not really expressing their care about their emotions. It's a huge difference. Okay, so that's it. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this show. I think it's really, really great that you take the time to make yourself a better parent for yourself and for your children. I really hope you enjoyed this show. If you have any questions, if you want to ask me or tell me something, feel free to reach out to me. You can go to apparentlyparent.com and you will find the contact page there where you can email me whatever you want. Or you can also go to Instagram and find me at apparentlyparent and direct message me over there. And if you found this um, episode helpful, I would be really happy if you could share it with whomever you want to over your social media or any other way you want to do it. And if you want to help me even further, I would appreciate it if you go to Apple Podcasts and just search for the Apparently Parent Podcast. Go to Ratings and Review and just click on how many stars you want to and write whatever you want to. If you, if you want to write anything, you don't have to. But if you would share with me over there, over there what you think um, about the podcast, it will A, help other people find the podcast and, and listen to it. And also it will help me understand what you like and what you less like. And I could make this better for you. So that's it. And I will see you again next week. Bye.